they can't tell you their names. They can't tell you where they live, but in the mid to late 90s, these five teenagers can turn into animals to fight an invading army of evil brain slugs. Five dumb teens are the only thing standing in the way of complete annihilation. This is Anamorphic Time with Nate and Tyler. Get your hand off my girlfriend, you yerk-brained bastard! <laughs> this is for Daddy. Uh, make it like half the bottle. Catherine Alice Applegate wouldn't want this. Doesn't want this. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And like they're they're like no, stop <laughs> shooting at children. Oh man, being twelve was weird. Faster than your local madman. <laughs> no, <laughs> stronger than uh, uh um a speeding outlet. <laughs> yeah, a faster than speeding outlet. I don't. I can't remember him. He's super Freddy. He's super Freddy. Faster than a bastard maniac. More powerful than a local madman. It's Super Freddy. Told ya, comic books was bad for ya. I mean, like, okay. Tell me about your relationship to Freddy Krueger. Uh, so when I I have a sister who's ten years older than me, right? Uh, welcome to Animorphic Time. This is Nate and Tyler. But I have a sister who's ten years older than me. And around the time Freddy Krueger had his TV show on, she would pull me into the room and make me watch it because she knew I was afraid of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. So he and his then TV show. T- yeah. He there was a Nightmare on Elm Street TV show. What? And he was like the Elvira of it. No, that's yeah, awesome. That is awesome now. That's the but kind as of a thing chi- that only the eighties would come up with. Yeah, na- now, like as a kid, I was like crying. I was like, "Please don't make me watch this." And it's like Freddy Krueger, like turning Johnny Depp into blood soup. Yeah, that terrified me. But I love his movies now, all of them. You know what that blood reminds soup is me? Delicious. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the Toxic Avenger cartoon show. Oh my! God. I was about Did to mention that? that. That's a thing. <laughs> Toxic. Like, yeah. It was so cool. Like there was a toxic Avenger. Mm-hmm. There was a guy with a, like a big nose and his power was to like sneeze on people. Oh god. It was it was great. Uh I, I love what the 80s did to to like kids television. It, that yeah. was literally a joke in a superhero <laughs> movie starring Drake Bell. Some you don't even you know. know like Wolverine. Some you don't know like Sneezo and he <laughs> sneezes on someone and blows their head off. That just makes me want to play Booger Man. Remember you Booger do not Man? want to play Booger Man. I, I kind of want to play Booger Man. Doesn't matter. So welcome to Animorphin like Time. For people who have siblings. It. I mean, it is. So welcome to Animorphin Time with Nate and Tyler. As I said, that's Nate. I'm Tyler. Joining. J- hey. Uh, <laughs> How's it going? Uh, hey, uh, joining us today to talk about Animorphs number the forty-eight, the return, uh, the one, the only Lilac. Welcome to Animorphin Time. Nice to be here. How are you? What's 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 your deal? What's up? what's what's good how's it hanging at the moment now i am a i am an artist comic writer comic writer comic artist whatever kind of floating around and musician in the animorphs fan community for a while and i've bet i i draw a zine called untitled animorphs zine that's kind of got on hold due to the pandemic but i'm still i'm still collating it Mm -hmm. now zine is short for magazine is this right (laughs) (laughs) yes like a gun we go out and we shoot them at people like a t-shirt cannon hold on wait is a gun short for something no a magazine the clip like a clip in a magazine 
in a oh, gun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I thought I like <laughs> automa gun. <laughs> yeah, automa gun. Would you believe that the word gun actually is short for something? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was Gunnenberg, and they had to change the name in Ellis Island. <laughs> I know, poor gun. <laughs> it was literally from the Scandinavian Gunhilder. <laughs> so, so, that's hold, pretty close. So, Lilac, what is your history with Animorphs? Okay. This is this is going to actually be a, a journey, I think. Um Oh boy. So if you me. if you dove to, like if you go off topic too much, we will make the return. Please continue, sorry. No, I intend to. <laughs> we are I mean, I I can't fault you. That was that was right there under your nose. Uh picture me at age six years old reading Calvin and Hobbes because it's the only strip that doesn't insult my vocabulary mm-hmm. at the, at age six. I am fascinated by the transmogrifier in a way I can't begin to comprehend. <laughs> I pursue this avenue down the road of Greek mythology for ages. I later discover this is a nascent form of therianthropy. I my brain really is like an animal looking for a way to get back to get back to her roots. <laughs> like I am one of those people. We should have never left the ocean in the first place. <laughs> That's always my <laughs> I'll get, I'll um I'll let you go for a swim with Sam then. Uh, so after all like so I went to an elementary school where this was roughly around the time it was ending. I actually remember this book being one of the ones laying around. I remember the Anaconda book. This was they had just come out. This was Plankton. They were literally Plankton at this school because I suspect because there were remnants books also laying around that someone at the school just had a subscription and just left them laying around the closet, the coat closet. <laughs> so I had I had a bunch of these just scattered around and didn't think so much of them. But like, if you're a child who is fundamentally a lot more interested in the transformation than the war, Animorphs is a little like having all the explosions in a movie be in the trailer. They're right in the inside cover. They describe mm-hmm. it right in the inside cover. You don't even need to read the book. It's great. <laughs> However, I tried reading the book several times. In fact, I have visceral memories of books like one, two. I, I remembered book 24 with the Helmicrons for it forever, but I assumed it was by Bruce Coville. Like I read a bunch of these and my brain blocked them all out. And I now realize, oh, yeah, I have ADHD and I'm terrified of time limits. <laughs> you may notice I, that is going to be a problem if you read Animorphs <laughs> is being terrified of anything that involves a time limit. <laughs> I think you're the first person who's ever been on the uh, Aristophanes to Applegate uh, train. Oh, you'd be surprised. My cousins didn't grow up with Disney movies, so I now have a Disney movie-a-thon with them on Friday nights. When we watched The Lion King for the first time, they're in their 20s. We are making Fisher King jokes because we were reading Arthurian mythology at the age other people watch Lion King. Man, yeah, I love Robin Williams. I love First Night. (laughs) Or, uh... (laughs) What was that? What was the one with uh, uh, you know, Sean Connery? First night. Oh, that was first night. Yeah, that was first night. Ah, great. Yeah, Richard Gere and Sean Connery. First night. Richard Gere. Such a mood. He so, should bring back long hair. Richard well, his middle, Gere. His middle name yeah. is Tiffany, and I love that. I love knowing that about him. Wait till you learn about what goes up his butt. <laughs> what goes up his butt? I'm not that comfortable telling you. Well, frankly. I need to take it down before I can leave. Okay. I have a gerbil up my ass. That's my problem. How long has it been there? Two days. Okay. Okay. 
Thank you, the doctor. Right. Be right with you. There are so many things that go up butts. Are you surprised? Uh, no, but Richard Gere specifically. Come on. Bo- you you two have to know this. Lilac, you have to know this. I actually do not follow celebrities at all. Oh, the aftermath, okay. The aftermath of the Oscars was me frantically Googling, okay, uh, did they cheat on each other? What What's everyone talking about? <laughs> yeah. What's a Will Smith? <laughs> yeah, geez. So they were plankton. So the books were... So I'm terrified of time limits. So I remember reading them and then blacking them all out forever. Then in 2009, this was a lot later, I'm entering... Like, this is right around fresh, this is right around ninth grade or so. I am at a summer house. There are only two books there. In the, I've read every book I brought with me, and there's only two books the previous owner left behind Watership Down and an Animorphs book. I, I'll give you like the zero, you're like, you're never going to believe which Animorphs book this was. It Atlantis. Was book, close in terms of outright shittiness. It was book 44, the Australia book. Oh boy! Only, it's, it's a good start. No, it is the only Animorphs book that everybody complains about. It, but this is the only Animorphs book in the entire series that doesn't start by explaining who the hell these characters are, or what they're doing, or what the aliens are. Everyone else is pissed by the lack of explanation. By oh, you guys explain it every single book, and I'm like, I picked up the only book that doesn't explain any of it. Hmm. I got halfway through it, frantically trying to imagine what a hork bajir looked like, and the book never did not give me any help. I gave up on it in like this weird, confused huff with like, oh my god, this was poorly written. This is like weirdly dissatisfying. Uh, what is and I, I was literally quite burned by that. I was like, oh, my God, I want to love you so much. So instead, I picked up Watership Down and Watership Down <laughs> fucking changed my life from then on. I became interested in conlangs, xenofiction, all sorts of weird shit like ra- like rabbits talking. Then in 2019, for for like New Year's, a friend of mine who she's also trans, she read book three over and over and over. She read book three five times in a row before looking up any of the others and crying the entire time, as we all would eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, she took, like, I was looking for a new year, a book to read for New Year's resolutions, and I was like, you told me Animorphs is fun. Okay, fine, I'll try it. And I read it, and I was like, oh my god, xenofiction, poorly defined <laughs> conlangs, exegesis of Tolkien, animals just talking, but also waging bloody war on each other. This is everything I loved about Watership Down, and I never would have read Watership Down if it wasn't for an- that one Animorphs book that sucks so much. It felt like the Elemist fucking, like, guiding my life around these. I proceeded to completely rewrite my entire personality around this book series in the span of a year. And then, like, the pandemic happened. So I haven't had a chance to change anyone's mind yet. (laughs) I had the zine. I have an animation pitch. I have, like, I have a script that I've written down in which, like, the events of the first eight books are all jumbled together chronologically so you can't guess what'll happen next, but you'll still be satisfied when you see it happen. I have a Tumblr full of abstract theory. I have an AO3 that I've just posted the first chapters after four years of work on an elaborate trans Tobias fanfic in which Rachel gets trapped as Fluffer in, at the end of book two, and everything else changes from there. I built Conlangs. I, I, I went back to book that part where the horses tell each other, oh, Fimuk fell Jalenta Gahal, and used my knowledge of social linguistics and like reconstructed a gloss of how these words work with a triconsonantal root system and full on ablaut. Like, what the fuck are you nerd. talking? What the fuck are you talking about? 
I asked you about Animorphs. What the fuck? Do you want to learn how to fucking... S- you you want to learn to speak the actual conlangs that Applegate herself just made up out of random words and hotel names? No. And like exigencies of Tolkien? All the little no, this, Tolkien jokes? No, this is... You're too, you're too smart for this shit right now. No. This is, this you guys is watched Freddy, Freddy Krueger? This, this is the Freddy Krueger book. And I watched... And I... And I was going to be like, so in terms of Faust, were you thinking like Goethe, uh, Gounod, or, or the Boito, the Gounod opera, the Boito opera, or like Marlowe? Because I have not read the Goethe in its original German. I've only read a translation. I said that as if that's a problem. <laughs> like The sixth Animorph is back, and he is not happy. <laughs> Their return. Some people are very unhappy with this book, I've found out. Well, fuck them. They're wrong. This book is a masterpiece. This book fucking hey. slaps. I love Rachel's it. ripped. Rachel's buff. Rachel's ready to like roll into action. So I do have some trivia about this cover. Oh, uh, so spill. It's got it's got our lovely little child model Rachel slowly warping into a bigger, stronger Rachel with metal fingers like uh, Wolverine. My favorite part is that you can tell she's stronger because she has a hunch. She has a hunch and abs. She's got like a twelve pack. So the trivia for this cover yes. is that David Mattingly photoshopped the original model's face onto a bodybuilder's body. <laughs> like, yeah, it does kind of snap right away to like bodybuilder. Yes. The, the transition over to like ripped is a bit rough. Ripped. But you know what? It's fine though, because like she's got that glow. Ripped. She's got like the last dragon glow around her. She's yeah. ready to roll into action. She's like, oh, the the um she's got St. Elmo's fire burning in her. Mm. She's a Freddy Krueger. She's, Fre- she's a Freddy Krueger. That's right. So, Frederick or Scary Kruger. Terry, if you're slightly younger. We're if not. We're not young. doing no Rick and Morty stuff here. Are you kidding Good. me? Thank you. Thank you. So, the authors wish to thank Lisa Harkrader for help in preparing this manuscript, which that is miscredited. You know, it's wrong. Yeah, it's Kimberly, it's Kimberly Morris. Morris. Yeah. Kimberly Morris, like from the like Morris family. <laughs> yeah, Philip like, Morris family. She's like. How I'm tired does- of making cigarettes for children. I want to make books for children. How deep does this go? So uh, didn't d- she do book? Th- didn't she do the book with the Andalite SWAT team? Yeah, that's the. Okay. I didn't want to spoil one coming up, but it's the one with Axis girlfriend and the Andalite. Oh yeah, yeah. The, like the A team. Mm-hmm. You want know, that? That was a good book. That was a very good book. It introduced some good characters, and they left, and it was perfect. Yes, and like we got to see them fuck up the main characters, and we got to see them go like, "Oh shit, I've been fucked up." We're all fucked up here. Yeah, but like you know, we get some new characters in this book too yeah. that I that I love. Yes, Nate has some new favorite characters that are in this book. Oh, yeah, you mean um, Balkan Skull? That's that's how I read him down. But we're gonna get to them. We'll get to Balkan Skull. Please, Tattoo and Grease. Let don't rename them. They have perfect names. Nate, this is anamorphing time. It's yeah. a Power Rangers reference. If I don't make a certain number of Power Ranger references every few episodes, the hogs will fall off. So okay, White House. So down. like they're they're on the normal high school trip. Yep, normal junior high trip. Yeah, to the White House. To the White House. Yeah, we like, all went. We've all gone. We've all gone. Yeah, like everyone's been to the White House, right? Like yeah. it's pretty. Boring. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. Everyone who went to Angel Grove Middle School has gone to the White House. Everyone before nine eleven has gone to the White House. Right, like on, on your door to the right, there's the Oval Office. There's the president. Say hi to the president. Hello, hi president. Hi, Mr. Clinton. So, like, so they're on this trip. Right, and uh-huh. so you know the, the the gang are just so nonplussed about this trip yep. to the old, to the White House. Yeah, to the, <laughs> they the do not the, care. 
the seat of power of the modern world. Right. They're they're walking along, and you know, like they're they're kind of thinking about like the state of the war because mm-hmm. right? the state of the war is like, hey, it's kind of this open secret now. Like, there's websites. Yeah, there's stuff yurts, on the internet. Right. Like because before, like they did mention, like, hey, you know, somebody might have seen something somewhere, but mm-hmm. like now it's just big. It's an open secret at this point. Um. Right, and so they're they're just kind of waiting for the moment uh, 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 that it's going to go down. Right? Yes, and as they're walking around in this White House, yeah, the White House, sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. Right, it is kind of a shitty house. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen like the size of the White House. It's stupid. Yeah, it was it was impressive for you know eighteen. 1814 or whenever it was rebuilt. They should, they should bring back the pigs. Bring back the pigs in the White House. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, have oh, the Trumps? <laughs> Woo! Uh, Woo! Got him! Oh, <laughs> got him! Shit. Got his ass. You're out of there, Mr. He's Orange. He's too classy for the sheep on his lawn, but I want the sheep got on him. the lawn again. That was cute. So yes, Marco hates the White House. Michael White hates the White House. Um, Cassie is in Tobias. They're also Hank. Well, Tobias is in there. No, he's flying around outside. They would not allow just like a Actually, no, they probably would, wouldn't they? I mean, like, like, it would be cool if they just brought a hawk in (laughs) and see, like, he could shit on the carpets and improve their patterns. I mean, they're nature's perfect killers, so I imagine Melania would have one for her Christmas decorations. (laughs) Remember those? I do. But they're, they're like, running around when they they hear it. Hear what? The the faintest little thing. Drake on fire. I know it anywhere. Faint, but I can hear it. She like smells the cordite. Yes, <laughs> which no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do but, gun facts. They don't put cord. Cor- they haven't put cordite in bullets in a long time. Also, it but Ty, it's a laser beam. Yeah, you're right. But they like, might have cordite. It probably does have a smell. It has like that ozone smell. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she can smell it coming a mile. They away. hear She's Drake on beam. It. She looks out the window, sees Tobias get blasted. He drops, just thunk, hits the fucking ground does like a football down he spirals down yes and then jake says all right everyone battle mode split up we got to get the fuck out of here we got to save the president yeah but okay uh, rachel is feeling a little bit grisly about this yes ha huh? a little bit grisly oh! <laughs> uh yeah and she thinks this jake never loses a chance to imply that i'm a shoot first ask questions later loose cannon Right, because he says like everyone get a battle morph, but don't do anything rash. Yes, and she she's not having that right now. She's all rash. She doesn't like the implication that she's gonna be rash, right. even though everyone kind of knows it, mm-hmm. and so does she too. Yes, and she knows she it. knows it for sure. Right, but like you know, she doesn't like being told no. about it. Right, nobody's gonna tell her how to live. I'm not going to cut that in. I don't. It's for me. We're just going to wait. Okay. I did like that, like the panic about like her new need to go public. It feels, here's my question. Was that, do you think that was foreshadowed in the earlier books or is it a symptom of something or is it very new and very mysteriously caused? No, like they've been talking about like, you know, people going public, right? Yeah. Ever since like the USS Nimitz. They hinted at it by saying, hey, let's just put Axe on TV when we go to the TV station. Oh, we better not. Oh, yeah. the Yerks got rid of the footage. It's fine. Yeah, but like now they're invading the White House. Yes, the right. Yerks are blasting up the White House. Like they're going to full like Independence Day of this thing. Yeah. So. Or White House down. White, ha- like- White House down? The Gerard Butler? You mean Olympus Has Fallen? There's two movies about this? Yeah. 
Which one has Morgan Freeman as the president? They all should. They both I have to bring my underage bride. <laughs> it's my Morgan <laughs> Freeman. <laughs> so, 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 okay. So Rachel is looking for a place to morph. She uh-huh. ducks underneath a bush yep. and starts to morph. And a guard's like, hey, little girl. <laughs> she scares the fuck out of a Secret Service agent, yeah. wants to kill him. Like, she's, like, all rage mode all the time. Well, yeah, because he's stopping her from, like, saving the president. Yes. He's in the way, right? But, like, he gets blasted. Yes. <laughs> and then Rachel starts tearing up hork Bajur without realizing she's getting torn up. Marco comes in and pulls her off of hork Bajur, and he's like, hey, it's time to go. And she's like, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to kill every motherfucker here. Call all the Yurks. I'll suck their dicks. I'll kill them all. I'll do it. But I'll but suck a Yurk's dick. I'll suck my own dick. She's bleeding to death. Yeah. And Jake's like, hey, stop. This is not what we're supposed to do. And she's like, you motherfucker. Yeah, he lets, you, a, he lets a Hork Bajur go. Yeah. Right? Like, he lets him just, like, all right, you're free to go. And, like, his plan is to let it get eaten by the taxon. Yes. Right? Which is a good plan. Not a bad right? plan. But Rachel, Rachel is offended at yes. this point that she could not finish the job. Right? And that, yep. like, you know, Jake is questioning her decision to kill this hork Bajur. Yes. The last um, like, the last time I watched Tobias die was in the last David book, and you asked <laughs> me to have this reaction. <laughs> you demanded I have this exact reaction. What am I missing? So she realizes <laughs> that she says, fuck this. They're going for the president. She's a bad enough bear to save the president. That's right. Right? She's a bad she enough is. bear. Boss ass so bear. She, she runs. She runs outside. She sees the president being loaded into helicopter force one, whatever that's called. Sure, I don't know. I'm not a president guy. Do I don't like make, him? And even though we learned about the helicopter, the presidential helicopter in the last David books, I'm kind of amazed how many flashbacks there are, callbacks. I, I mean, don't. I don't even remember that. But uh, no, they snuck out of like, the presidential hor- helicopter. That was the th- that was like the whole plot of book twenty at the end. Eh. Eh, I, look, I've burned my brain out with drugs. Well, I mean, like, we'll, we'll learn soon that well, this does not matter. Yes. So the hork are pulling the president one way. Secret Service are pulling the president the other way. And we get... So Animorphs has always been violent, but it's never been explicitly violent. Not to this degree. Let me read this. Several hork hung under various parts of the chapter attempting to prevent it from lifting off. One hork did a chin-up. The chopper blade took his head off. Horrible. The head rolled across the lawn, and five of the taxons followed in a frenzy, dizzy with the excitement of fresh meat. So, the violence is escalating in these books more explicitly so. Yeah, I'll, because I'll agree with that. things are getting worse. And yeah. also, like, adults would... I don't think the adults who wanted to be like, is this book appropriate for my honey bun? Have probably stopped reading by the time we get to book 48. Mm-hmm. She does save the president. A self-described super predator saves the president. Yes. Saves Bill Clinton. A, a super predator saves a super predator. I know. Hey. Oh. Mm. To catch and save a predator. <laughs> <laughs> to catch and release a predator. <laughs> yeah, to catch and release. Oh, man. Epstein's got a hook in his cheek again. Throw him back. <laughs> Imagine, like, trap neuter release with, like, everybody at, everybody at Epstein's parties. Just imagine they would kill you. <laughs> Yeah, but I bet those parties in heaven are fucking crazy right now. David Bowie, Jeffrey Epstein, just having a good time. Jeff Foxworthy, uh, Warren Buffett. (laughs) Kurt Cobain probably has all the pretty dresses he ever needed. Bill Gates is up there, and he's programming the cool, sick computer games. (laughs) Come back. Come back to the hot tub, Jeffrey. Nancy Reagan giving blowjobs. Okay, Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) It's all fun and games. 
And that's like in Coco, like the Pixar movie Coco, how the famous people Fuck, apparently I didn't get- see Coco. I'm a 36-year-old man. I didn't see Coco. What the fuck are you talking about? Why would that stop you? You can do whatever you want, man. It's the future. I can't do it. I can't do it. I feel like a creep watching kids' movies now. Looking forward to chicken hair. <laughs> no more. Jay, Jake says, fuck this. Fuck you, Rachel. You're out of line. Rachel's like, I'm not out of line. You're out of line. The whole system's out of line. The system's out of line. Oh, you motherfucker, Jake. You can't handle the line. Rachel even thinks I should kill Jake right now. I yeah. should fuck him up. Like, he's getting in my way. I should fuck him up. Right. Well, they, they do get in a fight, right? Yes. But, like, she starts to lose. Yeah. She's, if you don't demorph, she's bleeding to death. If you don't demorph, you'll die. Face it, Rachel. You lost this fight before it started. And the more calm he is, the more angry she gets. And, like, at this point, I would rather die than lose. Is that even a Rachel thing? Or is that yeah. just a Michael Grant thing? I mean, no, I, I think I think that's a Rachel thing. Like this sets up the impetus for this book is that she would rather die than lose. Yeah. And also her response to shame. Yes. She's feeling ashamed right now. Mm-hmm. because Jake's right. Yes. She's making a bad decision. Mm-hmm. But her only response is to double down. Right. Right. It's like, like a white woman. Sorry, Lilac. No, it's all right. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, no, she 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 refuses to morph, mm-hmm. refuses to save herself. Cassie's crying. And then she wakes up. Yes. I was in my own bed at home. I've been having a nightmare again, right? And this implies that she's just been having these every night. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Just um, like Jake did in 26, in 26. I'm sure this isn't connected. Right. And like, what what do you do when you have an awful nightmare? Like, are you asking me personally? Yeah. Like, you have an awful nightmare. What do you do? I put my CPAP back on and go back to sleep. Like, I swear to God, uh, CPAP gets me rested enough that like, I pull off my CPAP in the night just to have fucked up dreams. Preach! <laughs> Chronic obstructive sleep apnea, gang. Bah, bah. Uh, uh, like no, actually, honestly, if you if you wake up in the middle of the night, you should get a CPAP. Yeah, like if you snore, get a CPAP. It changed my life. <laughs> I I've never felt better, except sex. Yeah, so that's <laughs> what you do when you like want a nightmare. Dude, <laughs> like I was talking to somebody about this. I like nightmares. Mm-hmm. I think at this point in my life. Because they they let you feel something a little bit, yeah. Like yeah. you know, a lot of my dreams have been just very very milk toast, right? Mm-hmm. But like when I have a nightmare, oh, I remember that nightmare. Yeah. In fact, I had a nightmare when I took a nap today. Go you on. Know, you want to know the nap? I do. Okay, here's what it is. Napmare, love it. Napmare. Okay. Here's my napmare. Uh, I was drinking like something out of a red solo cup. I think it was like chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. Pretty innocuous, right? Yep. And then I was just taking a drink, and it was like feeling like a tingling sensation. I looked down at my drink, and it was full of like little tiny minnows. It's <laughs> like you know, at first it looked like just hairs, and then they were wiggling. I looked down, I'm like, oh, I've been drinking this, and I couldn't stop myself from taking another drink. <laughs> and that's when I woke up. <laughs> uh, okay, should I should I do my last one then? Please do. Okay, so here was my last nightmare. I was at work yeah and i had a patient that was actively dying and they're like tyler we need you in there but you can't go in there until you have sex with your ex-fiance except her vagina is made of teeth and so like it was like no i don't ever want to see her again well you have to go in there you have to do that to save this person otherwise we're going to fire you and then you'll be poor again and i'm like no <laughs> no <laughs> oh man daymares Nightmares, nightmares, all good mares. Lilac, Ever. tell us about your last nightmare. My last nightmare, I had a series of, I like, here's the thing. Most of my dreams are like three days long in dream time. It is actually quite disorienting because I will live with 
I will live with basically half my, like one quarter of my life is spent awake. It's kind of fucked up. Uh, I, in this nightmare, I was, this wasn't the one with the one made of bricks, but like, I, it involved, what? Uh, geez, it involved a car. You're, you're saying that like we know already what? about your brick <laughs> Made of bricks? You know, you know, the to one remember. made of bricks, oh, right? Yeah, I had a, uh, geez, this art museum that all the paint, like the floor was made of paintings and I was destroying valuable memorabilia by simply walking on it. There was all, there were also people pouring coffee on expensive books. This is the kind of thing that terrifies cultured people, I guess. I truly don't know. Oh yeah, my nightmare was about breaking my Freddy Krueger DVDs. Oh my god, no, no, he didn't slice I'm, them I'm, up. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I could totally believe it. Not new nightmare, no. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to your army of darkness, DVD bitch. <laughs> and I think what actually hurt more than any nightmare I remember was just waking up and all my fr- and like all these cats no longer exist. I made friends and they're dead. I spent three days making friends and they're all dead. It's like, it feels like I speed ran Animorphs or something. Well, like, I'm just going to throw this out there. And I want you to take it as a compliment. Get therapy. <laughs> I, did, I couldn't afford the insurance, baby. I let my insurance, my therapist, I was just too hot for them. <laughs> the, the real answer to what you do after a nightmare. You you all got it wrong, actually. You, you go hang out in your friend's hole in the ground. That's right. You hang out with, like, the fucking dirtbags. <laughs> yeah. Hang out with your dirtbag friends. You go to your closest friend with a beanbag. Yeah. You find mm-hmm. them, and then you just chill out, and you, you talk about where's Cassie. Yes. So Rachel is insecure. She knows she can't really open up to Axe or Marco or even Tobias because they're not as empathic as Cassie is. Well, and also, like, Cassie's her best friend. Cassie is her best friend. Like, uh, it's funny, like, she even mentions, like, Axe knows things are going on with Rachel, mm-hmm. but does not mention them. Yes, because right. Axe did the same evil that Rachel did, but Axe never talks about it. Yeah. Axe just different... did, in, like, one, like two books ago. Yeah. Well, he was like, uh, yeah, I'm it, going to but, end it all right now. But I mean, the, the David, of your lives. like, Rachel's worst horror is one she lived with Axe. They both oh, did right, that right. together. You're talking about book 20, the, the end of book yeah, 22. The David thing, yeah. That's right. He's like, I don't ever want to talk about this again. And like, he's an Andalite. So, no, he actually does probably literally mean that. (laughs) Yeah. And he'll probably never think about it again. I'm always impressed by like, I'm jealous of that. I think about so many things all the time. Can't stop it. That's why I read Animorphs. (laughs) But they're they're debating in Axe's scoop. Like, oh, maybe we should just do this. Why? Like open warfare. Let the adults handle it. We can go back to being normal kids. She's like, we have. To be fair, they, the Animorphs have spent like one quarter of their entire lives doing this at this point. And Rachel likes doing this. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and like, she doesn't say it directly, but they all kind of look at her like, you wouldn't be comfortable with this war ending. Right. And that's when she said, that's when this happens. I felt my face turn hot and red. I knew what the nightmares were about. Why had I been trying to fool myself and pretend that I didn't? I wasn't fooling anybody else. My deep, dark secret was like an elephant in the living room, a big purple one with polka dots. Nobody talked about it, but everybody knew it was there. The secret was that whatever we'd been doing, I did like it. And the good guys aren't supposed to like it. We get this debate about good guys versus bad guys, because kids and really simple adults need to think of the world in terms of good guys and bad guys. Well, Tyler, would you say you're a good guy? I don't think I'm a good guy. Why not? I think I'm just some guy. 
I think you're a good guy. Thanks, man. I think you're a good guy too. Well, thank you. Like, I, I here's the thing. I think I I find some attachments to like good guy and bad guy like internal conversations, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, yeah, every so it's, often it's only I fi- good if it's inside. If it's external, you'd be like, no, someone else is trying to define this for you. Well, that and we don't have a common unified truth of what goodness is or what defines goodness. Sure, unless you're a simple adult. Yeah, or so, or, a Christ- or a Christian. Same Please guess. continue your point, Nate. Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> so Rachel just like leaves the scoop. She's like frustrated with you know the, the doofuses because it is the doofus yeah. scoop. Um, <laughs> the doofus she, scoop. It is the doofus scoop. And um, you know she she goes off and just wants to fly around with Tobias for a little bit. Yeah. Right. Uh, Don't we all? They have this conversation of like, are you my boyfriend? Does it really matter? Um, you know, but I think like it's funny like how much of a backseat that whole thing is. Yeah. Right, like it's it's like they started to date, but then kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, both in the the book series, and I think personally, like it kind of makes sense that they forgot about it. Well, I mean, I think an argument could be made using this chapter and what this book is about is that Rachel isn't defined by her relationship, and that is a pretty strong, that's a strong, that's a strong, strong thing. thing. It's a strong thing, especially girls reading this. Like, you don't have to define your life based on your relationship. That also goes for men and non-binary folks as well. And this relationship is also defined like in their own terms by not by, oh, yeah, I'm the only one for him, but they're the only one who can tolerate like who knows this thing about me We're we're codependent. We're not healthy, but we're functioning. Right. I think they're both aware of it. So, yeah, I mean, so like uh, Tobias's role here, though, is just to kind of be frustrating for Rachel. Right. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. looking for support. Um, but Tobias says, like, well, you do kind of like killing. You do like violence. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you denying this party? Tobias says the others may not say the things Marco says, but basically everybody feels the same way he does. They really don't want to be a part of this. On the other hand, nobody really understands where you're coming from. And, well, never mind. And that's the thing. Everybody else kind of doesn't want to fight the war because they think that, like, keeping their loved ones safe is antithetical to the fighting. With Rachel, I think, like, the core of her character is that she thinks they're the same thing. She doesn't want to fight until, like, okay, the slugs have hurt Melissa or Cassie. Now I am, now I'm motivated. Well, no, she's, like, the friend you've got that's, like, way too into fighting. Like, but, sure. Yeah, but she's motivated, like, 90% of her motivation is the people she loves, and she will go into violence and yell, who hurt my baby at any opportunity? Yeah, yeah. That, all her killing scary, rages. Though. Yeah, that's... her killing rage in this book that we just saw was brought about by Tobias dying. I mean, sure, but that's as... scary. Like, if you are the the person who is being murdered for, or like you know, murdered on behalf of someone's right. murdering for your sake, it's not comfortable. No, like people that care about me, I don't want them to break into a rage immediately to defend me or. Just any of that. Well, yeah, and I think that's universal too, right? Like, and Tobias says, like, hey, you're starting to freak everyone out about this, yeah. right? And, you know, this is, of course, obviously very frustrating for Rachel because she's doing this for you, right? Right? Like, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm taking on all this guilt and violent rage yeah. because I am, I love you and yeah. want to help you, Tobias. Babe, I killed this person for you. But she also understands it too. Right, because she's like, oh, yeah, they they see me and they're starting to recoil a little bit. And mm-hmm. that makes me feel icky. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's and not the- fun. And she doesn't think she's in the wrong for it either. So it really does feel like everyone else kind of isn't on her side here. 
Well, uh, yeah. So um, Tobias just says, like, hey, listen, do you mind if I get a snack? And right. just, like, flies off to get a rat. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's when Rachel sees the flashing red light of the, like, radio tower. Just staring right into that red light. Just... Dun, dun, red light dun, spells dun, danger. Dun. And she, like, tries to fly away, but she keeps on turning... You know, I imagine it is. I bet you, like, she, like, turns away from the red light, and in front of her is the red light. Yeah. Like, like imagine... The opposite yeah, like, of the hork Valley? Yeah, like, kind of like if you're walking down a block, and you turn uh, turn the corner around the block, and you see the same block. <laughs> right? Like, something like that. That's a good right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And she says, something was wrong, very wrong. It was like being in the grip of a tractor beam. It was pulling me toward the tower, toward the red light. I was going to crash right into it. I was going to crash, and I was going to burn. That's when she wakes up. Yeah, <laughs> it's a dream. Again. Another dream. It's all a dream. It's dreams and dreams and dreams. So did Rachel actually have this conversation no. with Tobias? Was this a dream? Yeah. yeah well, I mean, it's hard to say. Right? It's the exactly the kind of thing they would say, but it's the kind of thing that she doesn't know if she needs to tell herself. Well, and the, the the book is setting up something. Yes, right. And so um, it's what, in it's intentionally building a foundation on shaky ground. You do not trust this story, right? Yes, now, right. And it, yeah, like it's another dream book, and so of course the fans are going to hate it. Right. I, I like it because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Because because Rachel is in a, a place of instability, mm-hmm. and so you should feel that too as yes. the reader. Right. And yeah. So, the emotions are the important part, not the through line. Right. And I think this is a nice little piece of writing and that you're never quite sure what's real, what's a dream throughout the entirety of the book. I love right. that. And so many people just hate it, hate it to death. I've seen people suggest the entire thing is a dream. Yeah. And like, you know, it's funny. People now relate that to Inception. It's mm-hmm. not. It's Nightmare on Elm Street. It is Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it is. Right. Because like they do that all the it's time. A dream in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. And and. And yeah. this next scene when fucking Rachel's in school and she's looking around and the classroom's red and they're like, time to learn about the telltale heart. That is lifted directly from Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. And so, okay, here's another cool thing, too, is what's the overall message of Nightmare on Elm Street, at least like the earlier ones? Uh, being gay rules. Grady, you remember your dreams? Only the white ones. No, not the second one. Although, like, <laughs> Sure. But like, what, what's the moral of like those stories? You can't. Uh, parents suck. You can't trust adults. Yeah, you can't trust adults. What are the animorphs? A children. Group of children who cannot trust adults. This this is Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> because like the chapter six doesn't start at school though. It starts with Rachel and her mom. Yes. All right. Mom's cooking breakfast, and and Rachel is this just is like, the most we ever a, see of Naomi. By the way, for most <laughs> of the series. And I think is it probably the one chapter where we're certain it's not a nightmare. We don't know. We, we don't, don't know. It doesn't matter because it's like, just the too thing, sunny it, to feel like a nightmare, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's real. Right. And so Rachel's like busy, like being wrapped in guilt about David of all people. Yes. Right. We know why David shows up, but like <laughs> uh, she's concerned about David and all of a sudden, you know, Rachel's mom's like, honey, there's a dead rat here. Could you go ahead and just like scoop it up and throw it away? Mm-hmm. Because this is a dream. Yeah. Because. Why would there just be a dead rat in the middle of like right. this, this kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> in Rachel's rich ass kitchen. Yeah. Nate, you mentioned a few episodes ago that the Animorphs never fully dealt with what they did to David, right? Yeah. 
And now, with this chapter, we get to see what Rachel thinks about David. David, who had been a kid just like us. David, who had turned traitor and tried to sell us out to the Irks. David, who was no longer David because we had deliberately trapped him in a rat morph and left him on a barren rock island with nothing but wind, rain, and other rats as company. Suddenly, the sweet juice turned sour in my mouth. My appetite disappeared. That usually happens when I think about David. I can't help it. Every time the memory surfaces, I feel afraid and guilty. What we'd done to David hadn't been fair, though at the time it seemed the only solution short of murder. Still. The idea was Cassie's. She determined that forcing David to become a nautilet was kinder in the end than killing him. Sometimes I wonder, kinder for who? For David or for us? Always remember, you may be kind, but German children are kinder. I'm cutting that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. So, like... Here's the here's the thing is like they've killed before. Rachel's yeah. killed before. They've killed tons They've of, all killed before they, now. They've killed tons of hork majeurs. They've killed people. Mm-hmm. Why is David sticking out so much? Because they didn't kill him. They erased him. Yes. That's right? a difference. Like they, they, and there's no closure with David. No. Right? Like he's still as far as you know hanging out in Rat Island mm-hmm. fighting for table scraps, which is worse. Yes. Right? Um, so, and, and that weighs on, on Rachel because Rachel is a person that wants to take things head on. And yes. that was just not a way to, it's not a warrior's and death, now it's right? All right. the way, all the way yeah. off to the side. That's literally yeah. as far off to the side as that's, that's not even back burner. That's like side burner in a different kitchen. It's, it's a problem she can't punch. Yeah. And so it, it weighs on her. Yes. And so when the mother says, Rachel, can you please take care of this rat downstairs? Rachel has this moment where she realizes that even her mother looks to her to do the dirty work because no one else can do it. She realizes that her place in the Animorphs and her place at home is to do all the awful things other people are not strong enough to do. Does Rachel have a persecution complex? Yeah. Because, it, well, here's the thing. She's a white woman. Of course she does. She's sorry. Jewish. Lilac. That's even worse. Lilac, I'm sorry. Yeah. She's Jewish. And, like, you say because, what you will. Like, you know, Rachel's going, oh, poor me. They've all had it rough. Mm-hmm. They've all had to do shit. Yeah. But, like, Rachel is the one that, like, circles around it and mm-hmm. thinks of, like, because, like, look at Marco. Marco mm-hmm. had to push his mom off a cliff. Yes. <laughs> right? Uh, they, they've all had to deal with shit specifically that deals with their character. Yeah. Right? Because it really cements Marco as, I, I'm I'm a, a sneak. Yeah. Right? I, I'm, a, I'm a backstabber. I'm a ruthless piece of shit who will do anything. And he right? wants and to tell like, himself he's a ruthless piece of shit more than Rachel does. Right. He doesn't think he's... Rachel in this book seems to think she's solving stuff, and Marco's the one who wants to solve everything, but he doesn't think he's protecting anybody. He just wants to solve the problem immediately. Rachel's not some kind of nut. She's not some kind of nut, (laughs) which they let us know about... She says that probably 30 times in this book. I'm not not some some kind of nut. nut. I'm not a nut. And let's be honest, we all started as nuts. It's fine. So, like, I don't know. I guess the point I was trying to make is that, like, you know, Rachel... Um, suffers from this the most because she can never express it. Yeah, she her expressions are punch or buy, yeah. punch or buy. Typical white woman. Well, look, yeah, I she goes said to, punch uh, or buy like bisexual, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that sounds like Rachel still. Probably, <laughs> like she goes shopping. Yeah, like you know, during this book, she's just like she goes on a, like a, a shopping retreat. Yeah, she cuts of, school to go shopping, and she's like, okay, I feel like a normal person again. Yeah, she <laughs> goes white. to school. She goes to school and gets into total American psycho mode. She, this is her, this is her day in school. School was the same old, same old. Teachers chatted with one another in the halls. Girls giggled. Guys punched one another in the arm. Stupid stuff, but familiar. Not to me. Not anymore. 
I felt like I was watching everyone from behind a plexiglass window. I just wasn't there. I couldn't relate. Not to the teachers, the boys, the girls. I couldn't even pretend to relate. Sounds I didn't know. I didn't know how much longer I could keep up the pretense that I was just another kid. Just another kid. Nothing more important to worry about than zits, pop quizzes. I felt like I was going to explode. But I have some self-control, in spite of what Jake and others think. I wonder what, you know, I wonder why all the trans kids I've ever known have latched onto the series so damn hard. <laughs> Who can say? Who could See, ever I, have guessed? I read this as the American Psycho monologue. It's like, I'm just trying to fit in. Yeah, what does Rachel's notebook look like right now? <laughs> yeah, it's drawing like a hork bajur sucking Tobias's dick. <laughs> like, kill, murder, meat, 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 meat. <laughs> So she she leaves a note saying like, "Hey Cassie, uh, I need to talk to you real bad, please. Yeah, like, let, let's meet at your barn." And yeah. then she goes shopping as like a nice release, right? Uh, and then later on, she she meets up with Cassie at our barn, and Cassie walks out of the barn, says nothing, and is immediately swarmed by rats. Yeah, like this entire like yeah, she got like willered off into the fucking like yeah. Know, to, well, she didn't get dragged off to the lake. Rachel says. Run to the lake. We're being swarmed by rats. Yes. Run to the Which, lake. I know that I know what to do because this just, is a totally normal thing I should be thinking right now. I like guess. R- rats come pouring out. Rachel wants to morph. Cassie says, just go to the pond. Run, run, run. She's getting covered with rats. Rats are small, but try running with 50 of them hanging on to you by their teeth like fishing weights. Sharp little claws penetrated the skin of my arms and back. Sharp little teeth sank into my cheek. So, like, rats don't get me as far as, like, horror things go. Like, I tend to be more of, like, an anti, like, bug person. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, you know, I had a pet rat growing up. Right. Uh, shout, shout outs to Izzy. <laughs> See you in rat heaven. Um, and so... You know, like, th- this part doesn't get me, but I could easily see. If you are a person who's afraid of rats, being swarmed by a cloud of rats. Right. And then being told to, like, jump in a river. What's even worse is she's, like, sinking into the lake and she's like, I can't get back to the top. What's wrong? I have rats in my pocket that are weighing me down. Now, here's Under the problem, my though. Shirt, like, even. She, she's had, like, five waking dreams at this point. Yeah. Like, we've been through several dreams. She even says, oh, this is probably a dream. Mm-hmm. Right? Another level of an ongoing nightmare. A nightmare structured like an intricate labyrinthine game. And then I might open my eyes, peered not through the wall but through the gloom. So she gets dragged into this, like, and that was pictured as a Tromeo and Juliet glass, like glass cage. I was picturing it more like Poultrygeist, Night of the Chicken Dead, if we're doing trauma references. I mean, no, that's actually what I thought, though. It wasn't a reference. This is what my brain put me. It's like, <laughs> oh, she's in that glass cage from Tromeo and Juliet. <laughs> uh, James Gunn's first movie, by the way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We should watch that again. We should. And Redneck zombies. Yeah, it's not even described that way, though. It's described as uh, something right out of Phantom of the Opera. Right. Very gothic, very Poe. <laughs> I love that they added the candelabras. They didn't need them, but they're there. They're fun. Well, it's it's very gothic. Right. So this is obviously still a dream, right? Right. Because, like, she's in... How did she get in this cage? Why are there candles? Right. Uh, like, there's who like, put her there if Balkan's skull are all the way up there on the mysterious <laughs> right. staircase? Who put her there? So she realizes she can't stand. It was in some kind of box, a cube situated on an elevated platform, maybe a table. And I was bunched up, squatting with chin on knees, hands at feet. Not enough room to stand up straight to fully extend my arms or legs. I pushed the hair out of my face. It was wet. My jacket, still full of bloated dead rats, 
awkwardly I patted my side. No. I touched the wall of the cube. What was it? Glass? Plastic? A force field? Two? Couldn't fully lift my head. Rolled my eyes toward the top of the cube. Only a few inches away. It was secured with an enormous old-fashioned padlock. <laughs> Come on, an old-timey padlock. It's just... I love how yeah. it's an old-timey one compared to, like, you know, the famous <laughs> Yerk padlocks. Like, it has, like, the big key yeah. with, like, the, like, little square at the end of it. Yep, exactly. Hell and yeah. she's there's tiny holes in it, but she couldn't morph bug or crawl through one of the holes because, guess what? It's covered with insecticide. Whoever or whatever had brought me here had thought of everything. Yerks? Something told me no. Not Yerks. Down. Then we get footsteps. Favorite I, new characters. I jumped, startled. Clanging footsteps above me. I rolled my eyes back toward the top of the cube. A vaulted ceiling soared maybe 30 feet overhead. The top was a small manhole cover. And leading from the cover was a rusted iron staircase that snaked down the far wall like a fire escape. Two guys, late teens. Neither looked bright enough to be the mastermind behind this nightmare scenario. Definitely not the brains of the operation, Rachel. One was tall and skinny. He wore dirty torn jeans and a black t-shirt. There was a tattoo of a rat on his right cheek. The other one was short and fat. He also wore dirty torn jeans, but his t-shirt screamed the Grateful Dead and psychedelic squirrels in acid hot colors. Over that, he wore a light blue windbreaker. His hair was pulled into a thin, greasy ponytail. There is just no accounting for taste. This dude. These guys are- Vulcan like, Skull! They sound like they survive on a diet of Twinkies and 7-Up. Also, I love that Rachel, of all people, half of her description is just their clothes. That's Rachel. That's why this is the American Psycho book for Rachel, because most of that book is his description of clothes. Of everyone else's clothes. But, like, how else are you going to judge these people? Because he has a tattoo of a rat on his cheek. Right. I forgot about that part. That's why. That's why he's called tattoo. I was saying, like, are they that deep in with D yeah. David? Yeah, he's not tattoo like Fantasy Island. De plane, boss, de plane. <laughs> for all my, that's for like one listener. Grease reached into his jacket pocket. I saw now that it was bulging. Slowly, carefully, he produced a rat. Of course, of course. Dreams of rats. Rat in the walls. Rat in the basements. Rats in my shirt. Oh, gent gently, Grease put the rat down on the table or platform, placed it right in front of me, just on the other side of the clear wall of the cube. We were inches apart, me and the rat. It was large. A rat gazed up at me with strange intelligence in its little beady eyes. A rat that looked at me as if it knew something important about me, as if it recognized me. I'll kill you, I'll kill you, I'll kill you. One of its own, if you weren't such a harsh person. Of course, of course. Hello, Rachel, said the rat. Did you miss me? I wasn't surprised. I wasn't scared either. So, uh, who could this be? Who? Now, where could my pipe be? Who could this be? I'm willing to... I, I, I have some suspicions that TT from book 27 might be getting up to something, but I didn't know it was this. I was just hoping the two guys, uh, Grease and Tattoo, were the two guys who tried to grab her in book two. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. The dirtbags? Yep. The um, teenage dirtbags, baby. Yeah, no, it's David. It's now, David. This guy is, yeah, I know, right? It's, and they've been quoting, like, in her inner monologue, they've been quoting the stuff he was screaming at her at the end yep. of book 22. I kind of wish that this wasn't on the cover. Yeah, you know, where it, says, it like, should hey, not David, be on the cover. Right, where David is back. Mm -hmm. uh, I bet, hopefully, the British version has, like, you know. <laughs> no, I bet the British tagline is, like, Rachel's in for one hot cuppa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have got David. He's back. <laughs> He's back, Ooh, dude. Malevolent, back. beady rat eyes shining. Just asshole of all assholes. Yeah, and like he somehow managed to con these two dirtbags, not only into like 
doing his bidding, but also getting tattoos of a rat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but do you remember You remember in book 22, he just tells Rachel, no, I'm going to need underlings who are dumber than me. And honestly, this is one of my favorite chapters in the book, because we get to see exactly how unhinged David is with his little speech and his mannerisms. He gets described as like acting frantically with human mannerisms, but still a rat and he says it was horrible rachel it was horrible being a rat with human intelligence do you know what that means it means that every time i was forced to eat a piece of putrefying flesh my human brain was revolted every single day the rat needs to survive made me do things my human brain found humiliating degrading gross and you know rats are coprophages right (laughs) and like this kid this kid had to live with eating his own poop and he says yes i'm smart That's what got me into trouble with you Animorphs in the first place, but it's also what saved my life on that island, and it's what's going to bring me back and put me on top. What are you even talking about? I'm talking about beating the Animorphs, the Yerks, and the entire human race. Like, life, like being the smartest rat on an island of rock and rodents, is that what you make it, Rachel? You Animorphs thought you were condemning me to a fate worse than death, but I turned the experience into an opportunity. An opportunity to develop my intelligence to an almost supernatural level. And so this rat is like walking back and forth yeah. and like gesticulating and like kind of waving his arms around. Yeah, it says suddenly David the rat scampered in a circle, then another tighter, faster, then another, like a rodent whirling dervish, or like he was trying to throw off some kind of bad feeling or bad itch. About 10 revolutions, he came to a rest once again facing me. Well, and also, like, the thing is, is that this whole book has been building us up into expecting dreams. Yes. Devil's Island. So we're like, we're like, okay, this is obviously a dream. Yes, right. This feels like a dream because we, as smart readers, know that rats cannot build armies. Yes. However, might I also add that whales have supernatural intelligence <laughs> and they just kind of know things. Yeah. So like, you know, so honestly, like a I was kind of consciousness. I would, I wouldn't be I, surprised if they were like ants or something. I was kind of wavering back and forth on like whether or not this was a real thing because <laughs> like. Hey, you know what? Weirder shit has happened in Animorphs. Yeah. They yeah. Could, David could have just built a rat army. And this book has he set could've. you up on really unsteady footing. Sure. But readers, this ain't no dream. David's got a plan. And David's plan is this. A rat can go many places a human cannot, Rachel. You should know that. Into banks, into businesses, places where money is kept. Lots of money. I steal it. A few bills at a time. It's hard work, but it's paid off. The last few months, I've accumulated $212,000. I saw Tattoo and Grease exchange a glance. Tattoo swallowed hard, so did Grease. Just thinking about the money was making them salivate. Money is in a safe place no human could possibly find. And there's more where that came from. And he says he wants justice. Justice for what was done to him. That comes up later. And he wants to pay Rachel back in the way that he was paid. So... The plan is, is that David has locked has locked Rachel into this this poisoned box, mm-hmm. and wouldn't you know it? Across the way is Cassie. Yeah, David says I'm going to make you turn into a rat. And she's like, well, I just won't morph. I'd yeah. rather die. I'll just die. Yeah, like problem solved. Yeah, you know, I'll show you. Blast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see who the winner is when I've got your gun in my mouth. <laughs> because Rachel does not care uh, whether she lives or dies. Um, but she does care about. She Rachel. cares if she wins, and she's not going to let David win. Right. Well, that that would be her way of winning, right? Is yep. just dying. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But David knows this about Rachel, so David says that. Well, I'll just go ahead and kill Cassie, and yeah. like I'm picturing like Grease the, pulls the curtains back. Yeah. yeah. 
And then like a spotlight and somebody has a drum roll and it's uh-huh. like, ah, look, it's Cassie in a box. Yep. <laughs> she can't breathe there. Did you ever know did you notice it? Has she been sitting there suffocating the entire time we've been talking? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which is terrifying. Yes. That's a bad way to go. Mm-hmm. Suffocating yeah. in a box. Cassie's trapped in a box with no breathing holes, and he says, You either morph a rat or she dies. And hey, if you morph a rat, I'll give her an air hole. So she'll at least live. But you better get the morphin, bitch. Yeah. And so, like, Rachel brings up a good point here, which is, like, David seems smarter than he used to. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because, like, David was pretty smart. Like, mm-hmm. he, he did clown on all the Animorphs back when mm-hmm. he was, you know, running around. Right. But, like, Rachel says, like, no, he it seems like he has developed some kind of supernatural intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he's as psychic, all, apparently. As all isolated weirdos eventually get, super intelligence. Well, and, and she's just like, I can't win this way. Yeah. So she she gives up. A yeah, bit. like she turns into a rat. Yeah, Cassie is mouthing, "Don't morph, don't morph." Right. She's like, "Ah, fuck it." She morphs. Oh man. Yeah. I also liked where in this. I know at some point the drone, like no, like uh, um, David calls like Jake a sanctimonious killer. I'm thinking where have we <laughs> heard that before. Right. Rachel morphs the rat. David's laughing and laughing. He's like, you know what? Here. Have some rat food, rat, and pushes some like <laughs> rotten meat in the holes. And he's like, okay, tattoo grease, my dinner, please. And they bring out the <laughs> finest baguette with a huge piece of nice Swiss cheese. He's just having a good time. He's like, don't worry. He's like, fine, I'm going to, I ate trash. It's your turn to eat trash. It can't always be Le Cirque. And Rachel's like, wait a second, Le Cirque? David was more of a Wendy's kid. Why the fuck is this weirdo talking about Le Cirque? Do you know what Le Cirque is? No. Not, a, I imagine a fancy French place. Yep, yeah, it, it's so. where the Cirque du Soleil people eat. It's like their cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very fancy. Though. Yeah, it's the circle. It's French for the circle. Yeah, right, well, Lilac. Did I get that right? Yeah, excellent. Actually, I'm yes. smart. I'm smart. Mind you, that's not my second language. So, Cirque du Soleil, Circle of Soleil. Cirque de Merde. The sun, cir- <laughs> the circle of the sun. No, <laughs> no Cirque de Merde, no. Uh, it's like, so I'm like, also the big cheese. So he has been waiting for, to say, I'm also the big cheese and see someone laugh for his entire life, like for the last few years. He's been right. sitting on these punchlines. That's what I love when he when they're talking to him. He's just, he has all these punchlines that he's been waiting. He's been thinking about it for way too long. Well, yeah, like he has been thinking about this situation for like months, right? He even goes so far to like drag out a big clock, yes, and yeah. like hits the timer for like you know and it counts him. down, yeah. And well, like he's he's loving all this, right? But oh. Rachel's onto him a little bit. He's like, wait, you you don't like fancy French restaurants? Uh, you've been living on Rat Island eating trash this entire time, right? Um, <laughs> what is going on? Is this another dream? Is this well, another dream? Well, here's the thing: before before all this. She makes some emotional concessions. Let me let me get to it. So David says what you did was inhuman, but you like being inhuman. You like bullying. All of you liked bullying. He says, "You stopped being human long ago, Rachel. No human could have done what you did to me. I wasn't evil, Rachel, just troubled. Now it's my turn. I said you'd pay, and today's the day." It's not morph rat or you die, David said. The choice would be too easy. No, Rachel. The choice is this. Morph rat or Cassie dies of suffocation. David was right. We should never have stranded him on the island. We should have killed him when we had the chance. I'd known what he was. Way more than just a troubled kid. But killing David seemed over the top, barbaric. The reality was that I'd been afraid. Afraid to kill. 
we all had. So the moral of the book is so far, Rachel should have killed David. Yep. Her, yeah. sin, her, greatest, her greatest sin is that she did not kill David. Yes. And she's now receiving the, uh, the repercussions. Of yes. That she was guilty about what she did to David because it was inhuman. And she's realizing now that that guilt was really because she didn't kill him. Because, yeah. let's be honest, killing him would have been more dignified than whatever the fuck they did to him. Yeah. They were afraid of just killing another kid, though. We we made the point in the episode, Nate, and a lot of people made this point, that no, David was not born evil. He was a troubled kid forced into this situation with no chance to adjust. You made that point on our podcast. Okay. A lot of people made that point. It is a good point. I don't truly believe some people are just born evil. The yeah. They're conditioned into that somehow. Book 26 was literally about that. Right. And that's when Rachel gets pissed off, morphs rat, and then they set down the clock. Grease set a digital clock right in front of me, just outside the cube wall. David stood on his back legs and rested his front paws on the clock. Two hours, Rachel. That's all it takes. Just two hours of hell. And then it's you and me, rats together forever. And once she finally goes rat, David starts taunting her. He says, He's got self-loathing. He says, come on. You know the others hate you, Rachel. You know they'll be relieved when you're gone. That you're not their problem anymore. They don't have to worry about what ra- wacko Rachel is going to do next. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yes, I do, Rachel. You're a problem. The Animorphs can't control you, but they can't kill you either. So my brilliant plan is the perfect solution. So this book is drawing the correlation <laughs> that Rachel is becoming the David, the problem they have to deal with, right? Yeah, it is explicitly a parallel. And well, Rachel is uh, starting to agree with it too. Like in, in comes the bolded italicized text, mm-hmm. right? Which is just like, I'm, I'm picturing like the, the scene of like, you know, talking heads floating around a character mm-hmm. saying the phrases like, I think there's something pretty dark inside of you, Rachel. I worry about you, Rachel. I don't know what will happen if it ends someday, you know? Dental plan, I worry about you, Rachel. <laughs> Dental plan, I worry about you, Rachel. I call the big one bitey. <laughs> no, the way you said talking heads, I was, you know what I pictured? I pictured, like, David Byrne floating above her head, going like, I don't know what you'll do if it all ends. I don't know what you'll do if it all ends. Like David Byrne, I guess. I can't <laughs> do the voice. You guys do a David Byrne voice? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not a fan of David Byrne. I'm more a fan of Byrne David. Oh, oh hey, I, got that his ass. Magnificent. That's and David lays out his plan. He Rachel's like, "What about the Animorphs? What about the Yurks? You idiot!" And he's like, "I'm gonna beat them all, Rachel. The Animorphs." Now you're probably thinking, "How can a dumb little rat do that?" Well, here's the thing. I'm going to steal the bubonic plague. What? <laughs> That's. That's the David plan. He's going to break into the CDC. He says, I'm talking about the plague, Rachel. Bubonic plague. Black death. Rats carry plague. And rats, rats can also get, die of it. <laughs> and rats can get in and out of biological weapons lab with no problem. Labs where there are vials and vials of plague virus. Vials of you'd plague. Wipe, you'd wipe out the whole human race. Not all of it, but a large percentage. Maybe half. And what's left... We could control by threatening more plague. Just think, I, David, a rat, would be the most powerful creature in the world. And armed with one tiny bacterium of bubonic plague, in an army of rats, I could be deadlier than a nuclear arsenal. All of a sudden, I realized that David wasn't crazy. Well, maybe he was crazy, but his plan wasn't. I love that he went, like, full Skeletor. Yeah. He's like, like, yeah, because, like, this plan... (laughs) This plan is stupid. It is very stupid. I love it. I love it, too. 
I mean, this um, is Animorphs. Like, we love it. The stupider it gets, the more we love it sometimes. Exactly. And he says, sure, we'd still be rats. I mean, we couldn't be able to drive a Ferrari or eat at Le Cirque, but all humans would have to bow down and grovel to us. The human race would be at our disposal, our beck and call. You ever Le think that's Cirque? Le Cirque, <laughs> I thought insanely, or I thought inanely, ignoring the full import of David's message. Human David had been more of a Wendy's kind of guy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so like this is where she really kind of pokes the holes into the uh-huh. the like, like wait a second. Oh this yeah, this is a like dream. David, this doesn't sound like David coming up with these ideas, right? But also, it's She's like, like David himself spent the entire kind of wants people to grovel at his feet somewhere in the back of his head the entire time. So, right and. She's like, no, this is just another fucking dream. You might be a rat with human intelligence, but that doesn't make you Dr. Doolittle. You can talk to me and you can talk to your punks, but you can't talk to other rats. You don't know what you're saying. You don't know anything. David cried, shut up, shut up. Which means that what happened outside the barn couldn't have happened. I went, I, I went on, my brain worrying. And what you said happened on the island, you're building a loyal following, couldn't have happened. Which means that this right now, can't be happening either. She immediately picks up a gun and shoots herself. Right. I looked over at Cassie. She was smiling. And then Cassie wasn't Cassie. She became a creature we had encountered before. The Drode. An intergalactic trickster. Ah, curses. Ah! Ah! And I would have gotten my rat army if it hadn't been for you (laughs) dastardly kid. (laughs) That's my dream. That's my nightmare. I love, like, the fact that the Drode just shows up and, like, when's the last time we saw him besides Megamorphs? Like, We've seen the two megamorphs, megamorphs. and like book twenty-seven. Has he shown up since then? Has he been waiting this whole time? He immediately turns into his what salacious crumb, like "Eh, yeah. (laughs) Well, because the boss is there too. Yeah, it's not just the drode. No, it is in fact the big man himself, Crack. Crack, Crack's here. Crack. Yeah, you can tell because it's red. Yeah, (laughs) everything's red. It's just red now. The drode laughed harder, then Womph came popping out of the cube like a jack-in-the-box. You called my master's name. Can it be that you need some help, Rachel? Rachel of the dark heart, Rachel of the soon-to-be-not-lit, Rachel the round. What are you doing? What is this all about? It's about payback, David sniveled. I laughed. I love that he snivels. Right, and Rachel says, what do you want? The red eye that was cracked pulsed and seemed to grow some sort of extension from below. A body of sorts? Or a machine? A little of both or neither? Then Cryak spoke. I want to help you realize your full potential, Rachel. We have watched you with interest and with growing admiration. Why are you content to follow when clearly you should leave? He's going full Palpatine here. Exactly. And she's just like, oh, fine, this is about Jake, whatever. And he says, no, this is about you, Rachel. You could be so much more than you are. What a waste it would be to see you finish out your days as a rat. I'm not worried, I lied. We know you are brave, Kreak's tone was condescending. But do not disappoint us by being a fool unless you want to become a knocklet. You need my help. I don't need your help because it's clear none of this is actually happening. She says, right. That's the next question. Like she's she's getting genre savvy as she talks to him. When you talk to Sa- the fact that she gets more genre ha- savvy when she talks to Satan and not less. I love that. Well, she's like, this has all been a dream. So this is just more of a dream. I'm going to sit back and just watch the dream. But it's not a dream this time. So like she's doubling down on this is a dream, but I think it's because she's scared. Yes. 
right? Like she, she does not like the situation. Right. Um, and then Krayak even says, Excellent, Rachel. You are a skeptic, a good quality, and a strategist, and a leader. David, you had your fun, but Rachel got the best of you. I told you that if she guessed there was more here than what meets the eye, you had to tell her the truth. Now tell her. And David's like, yeah, fine. I couldn't do any of that stuff. Krayak is running all this. He said if I got you to be a Nothlet, I could be in charge. But since you figured it out, I'm just still a rat guy. Yeah. And he just, and like, I didn't tell you to whine. That's that's like one of my yeah. favorite lines. Like, I, do you have any idea how bad it was for me on that rock, Rachel? No, not one sentient creature. I'm having to defend myself from the others, the other rats, birds of prey, from the rain and the cold and the... I did not tell you to whine, Krayak thundered angrily. <laughs> okay, okay, you got me off the island. In exchange for what? In exchange for a companion. I, I would have chosen Cassie. She was nice to me when no one else was. But that's why I couldn't choose her, because I wouldn't condemn her to this living hell. Right, so David's an asshole. He wanted a girlfriend. <laughs> He's like, he wanted a girlfriend, but he wanted devil. one that he didn't feel like shit for pushing her. He, didn't, he wanted one he didn't. He wouldn't feel like shit when he treated her like shit. <laughs> it's like you pray to God for good things, you're but when you, you pray to Satan when you want bad things. It's like I want a girlfriend I hate. <laughs> Satan, I want a girlfriend I can hate more than I can love. It's like you do your own dirty work. Satan, Satan will listen to to your call. Yeah, and uh, so he yeah, comes, he so, gets like, back to you. And like, so I'm reading this. I'm like, why, why Rachel? Like, why does Craig really care about Rachel? Really? Right. I have some uh, thoughts, why? but I'll save them for the end. Nate, why do you think Craig cares about Rachel? Uh, well, at this point, I was like, the plot needs this to happen, <laughs> right? Like, you know, the plot needs to have a temptation of mm-hmm. the most violent one, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't vibing with this scene as much as I was with like the previous scenes about the dreams because this, okay. this feels very like overarching plot mm-hmm. and i just don't care uh-huh right i care a little bit about the war but again only as like a, a framing device for these characters mm-hmm. and right now this is just all about cryak right the the strength that this book does is that it dovetails the larger plot into the story about rachel's character the temptation serves a purpose right yeah and so it, it gets into that yes right so so what happens next he turns her into super rachel So he turns her into Super Rachel. Super Rachel. Super Rachel. And so, like, what is a Super Rachel? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so. She's a super predator. Uh, That's why she saves Bill Clinton. Here, here we go. I'm ready for it. Uh, <laughs> I looked up, and in an instant, the distance between me and the 30-foot roof disappeared. I looked down and saw a white speck scurrying into the corner for safety. David, what is this? I demanded. I'm a giant now. Only if you need to be, Cryak replied. You're as strong as you need to be, as big as you need to be, as ruthless as you need to be. You're not Rachel anymore. You're Super Rachel. Can't you feel it? The raw power? I could feel it. I could feel a strange and magnificent energy coursing up and down my arms and legs like electrical currents. The energy was potent, intoxicating, familiar. I'd experienced it before. The energy was hate. Hate now enhanced with outrageous power and the moral certainty that I was right, that everything I thought and everything I did was right, right. I felt like a god. There was nothing I couldn't do, no one I couldn't destroy. I stared at my hands. They weren't just hands, not just pink flesh and coursing blood and pulsing muscle. They were powerful machines, reinforced with gears and pulleys and wheels. I flexed my fingers, steel claws extended from beneath my fingers. I flexed again and they retracted, disappearing into the flesh of my fingertips. Yes, yes, Rachel, Krayak said. 
There when you need it. Gone when you don't. I looked down. The floor was usual distance away. I was normal sized again. So I, I think that's kind of important detail. Like that's different from the book cover. Yes. Because right? it is not it's not just that Rachel is like super buff and has like, you know, super sharp fingernails. Yes. She, she is, is a like now Lovecraft like, steampunk. Yes. Yeah, she's like half machine. She has like spring for legs, mm-hmm. right? Like there's actual like gears moving on her hands, right? And you know she she's powerful and yes. moved from from nature, right? That's all, all idea, powerful. Right? Yes, yeah. that that raises it's, a question because like Krayak is when we see Cran, he's he's stuck to a chair basically. He is part machine, but it doesn't look like he can move it or like he has any control. Like he's giving her a machine and control. You think she keeps it? Uh, yeah, she's a white woman. Of course, she controls everything. Exactly. She's like she's you a white woman with all the self debt, with all the self confidence of like Ivanka Trump. I hate that imagery because it's very. It feels like adaptation. You remember the movie mm-hmm. adaptation, right? Yeah. Where um the uh the loser in quotation marks brother who's writing the script mm-hmm. is talking about like motorcycles as stand in for horses, right? Uh, so the killer flees on horseback with the girl. The cops after them on a, on a motorcycle, and it's like a battle between motors and horses, like technology versus horse. And it's like machines versus horses versus horses. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, this is stupid. Get back to the Rachel being insecure, right? <laughs> you but sound again, like, like a the, Miyazaki the, villain. Yeah. But like, you know, it, it, this serves the purpose yes. right? of like, hey, we're making Rachel strong and then weak and yes. then strong and then weak again. Mm-hmm. right? Because the whole next chapter, what happens? She she sees the drode and goes for him and one hand closed over the drode's body the other over its head. With the effort it would have taken a 10-year-old to peel a banana, I tore its head from its body. Does that a take flood more of euphoria and adrenaline surged through me. No one could stop me. Nothing could resist me. No army could defeat me. I was a super predator, a superhero. And then she like hucks the droad's head at Cryak and says, I don't need your stupid strength. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Which, I mean, I've never felt that kind of power. I don't know what I would do. Like, I've never even held a gun before. <laughs> we got to take you shooting. Okay. Oh, you would have fun. Yeah, let's go blast him. Yeah, I want to have the power of God. <laughs> <laughs> right? And that, that's yeah. what Rachel has, right? Yeah. But, like, you know, she she still has... She knows that Krayak is still the enemy. She hasn't, like, bought into anything yet. Right. But, like, the temptation is there. She got that first hit from that drug dealer. Yes. Right? Because the first one's free. Second one comes at a grave cost. Yeah. Suddenly, I was furious, the adrenaline rush of murderous desire. I was tired of being toyed with. Was this a fantasy or wasn't it? A nightmare, a dream, or a hallucination? Crack was deliberately confusing me. I wasn't free of anything, of crack, of my guilt, of David, of my fears of anything. I was still a prisoner. That's when she throws the droad's head at crack, and he's like, damn, bitch, stop. (laughs) (laughs) And the droad's laughing as he does this. Yeah, and Krayak like blinks his big fucking eye of Sauron, and she's back in the rat cage again. Whoosh, I was rat again. No, I was inside the cube. Rotten food strewn at my feet. David was with me. I looked at the counter. No, who could save me? Who could I ask to save me? Not Jake, not the other Animorphs, not the Elemis. There was nobody I could turn to. Nobody. If you ever find yourself desperate, Rachel. But God that's when is she always and David, there, isn't he? They, that's when she and David get into their little tiff. David's stronger. He's better at being rat. Yeah. He he good at rat. <laughs> David good at rat. That's what we know. Yeah. 
Um, and and so she she tries to fight him, but David's like David was bigger and more experienced with the morph. His back claws ripped at my belly. His teeth, needle sharp from months in the wild, sliced my face. I was losing, losing the fight, losing to David. So when she gets filled with hate, Krayak fucking flicks again. He's human, super Rachel again, again, and it's just toying with her. Yeah. And well, it, it's trying with her to make her angry, to make her unstable. Yes, right. Because the whole the whole goal of Cryak in this situation is to like make Rachel doubt reality. Yes, doubt herself, take her floor away from her, so she's just floating emotionally. Yeah, just gaslight I mean, her to death. He's he's the pimp trying to turn the good young girl <laughs> into a sex worker, trying to give her what she wants, so he can take it away and have complete control of her. Yeah, but um, you know, one also might say. It's hard out there for a pimp. <laughs> God, Hustle and Flow, what a masterpiece. <laughs> what a good movie. Was it good? I don't, it good? I don't know. I cannot say. I remember Fuck. enjoying it at the time. I loved Hustle and Flow. Shit. But like, also, like, hey, there's probably problems there. Who's to say? Well, yes. I knew my metaphor of the <laughs> Krayx, the intergalactic, all-powerful pimp was probably not a good one. But that's how you... That's how you brainwash people that you're sex trafficking. It's like you take away everything that they have, their power. You show that you're the only one who can like Provide give them it. any comfort, any power, yeah. anything. And then you just get them to work for you, which is what Crack is doing. He's the intergalactic, all-knowing space pimp. He's awful. He needs right. to, he needs he to has- be wearing zebra stripes and a hat with an ostrich feather in it. He just needs it. <laughs> I just want to draw it now. So what's what's the next step in this process, right? Because she's already, she's vulnerable, she's dependent on crack for power because she knows that she'll lose for David, right? Right. So the the final like okay, here we go. Here's your final test, right? He snaps his fingers. Uh, she, I imagine she's like in a football field, like an yeah, arena. like like a big stadium, and he's like, just imagine the good you can do for Earth. Like you could stop the Yurk invasion. And she's like, what? Don't you want the Yurk invasion? He's like, no, I want you. And if you want to end the Yurk invasion, all you have to do is take my power. No, you you take my power, you can end this all in one go. And she's like, bullshit. He's like, oh, yeah? She turns around and sees our boy, our lovely, our, our newly promoted leader, Visser One. Visser Three. Like, I like, was lit. They call him Visser One. They don't even like correct it as like used to be Visser Three. They just call him Visser One now. <laughs> the first thing and you see is Visser One's Andalite stalk eyes. Like uh, he's Visser Three in my heart. He'll always be Visser Three because he could never be in complete control. He's too much of a sub. No, he like is just I th- yeah, he's not. He's a sub for himself. He's in complete control, but only by killing Visser Two and One. Yes. Right. Like that. That's where it needs to be. Like three can be number one. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that, that's how it is. Right. There's no higher visitor than three. That's Anybody? Three right. is a magic number. <laughs> if anyone tries to be visitor one, you're got. Right. Crack brings in our boy visitor three. Right. And he's just like, what the fuck is going on? This is a trick. Yeah. Yeah. Have I been tricked? He doesn't just bring in visitor three. He throws him into the stadium in a pokeball, a literal <laughs> pokeball. <laughs> It was a and ball. The drove threw something out on the field. It was a ball. It hit the right. ground, bounced slightly, exploded into matter. <laughs> and Mister Three's ball. like, "What the? What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Who the fuck are you?" And he's like, "I'm Crack." He's like, "I've heard of you. <laughs> I've I heard good work. Yeah, I've heard of your work. I didn't think you're real. I'm glad you're real." And Crack's like, "Cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm They're fine." Them. But like, they also like Crack establishes the power structure pretty quickly here. Mm-hmm. 
He's just like, listen, I, I could just wreck you right now. And he's like, yeah, I, I could that. destroy yeah. the earth and I wouldn't you actually care. <laughs> yeah, you could wreck me. Cool. Please don't. Hey, do you need a new guy who's like your guy? I see that guy, but I could be that guy. Drone's like, hey, back the fuck off, okay? I mean, this is happening in my head. Don't worry about it. No, like Visser, Visser 3 is the type of person who knows when he's just like about to be wrecked yeah. and knows how to get out of that situation. Didn't, yeah, grovel. They, we've established from the beginning that kind of all Yerks are like that. Like, that's why Tenrash gives up without a fight and why at, in book eight, he just leaves Aloran's body and is like, okay, fuck this. I'm out. You win. They're all middle manager pieces of shit. All right. So what is the devil's game here? <laughs> yeah. The devil's game is... Hey, if you kill Visser 3 here, guess what? I'll get rid of the Yerks. You win. And Visser 3 is like, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, like, we're, we're about to win this war. I would, like, I, you know, I, do, I would rather not play if that's right. okay. Yeah. Hey, and, can I not do Saw real quick? <laughs> and, like, this eye just, like, slaps him across the face. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> you shut up. Even Crack knows Visser 3 is a bitch. <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. True. I am aware of everything. <laughs> I'm aware that in an instant I can vaporize you in this insignificant rock called Earth that you have fought so hard to conquer. Of course, Crack, I apologize for my arrogance. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's just immediately the- like, sorry, boss. <laughs> my bad. Whoops. <laughs> Look, I know I'm the leader of the Yerks, but uh, I'm I, you're my leader. <laughs> okay. I guess you I guess you got this. And then, then after like, Visser like 3 says, like, better. we're going to fight could. to the death. He goes, with all due respect, uh, you have no choice. So you might as well agree. <laughs> no one gets to say this no like Visser 3 is the biggest pick me energy in the world always teachers pet just he is that piece of dodgeball shit. kid all through a hork chronicles he got his promotions by being the teacher's pet and being a nerd and being a weeb we love him but he's a weeb big time weeb but like okay wait no hold on a second though because they they agree to fight Right, and right. Rachel's just like, I could win this war. I could just kill Visser Three. Right, right, and she's also very pissed at Visser Three in yeah. general. Well, so, yeah, but like, so they fight, but Visser Three is just better at fighting, mm-hmm. right? Because Rachel is super Rachel right now. Yeah, she she has all the powers of Super Rachel, um, and can now apparently like morph anything. Yeah, right. That 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 is her her strength. Mm-hmm. Visser Three is just normal Visser Three, no extra powers. Right. And he still he, holds. He his starts own. wrecking Rachel's he, shit. He does wreck Super Rachel pretty good, right? So like he turns into like what? What does he turn to in the beginning? He turns into like I'm, the, I've got it open. He first uh, lump of a body. He first turns into that giant acid dripping reptile with the the twenty foot tall gorilla arm thing. <laughs> who sweats acid, which I love this because how did you acquire this? You burned your hand off acquiring <laughs> that. <laughs> Yeah, it's Aloran's hand. Yeah, it's all his hand. You just morph it. it back. Fuck it, yeah. No, and this is a good fight. This is a good fight because it, it establishes the stakes. Because mm-hmm. Rachel's just like, I'm invincible, gets hit with acid. I'm like, it burns like acid. Right. <laughs> like, you know, she realizes that she might actually. Yeah, she realizes she's vincible. Yeah, she's very vincible right now. <laughs> There's a reason that Visser 3 has been keeping his own in the Yurk Empire for all these years. It's because it can be a 50 billion different monsters around the universe. So, like, Rachel, like, slices up this acid monster. Mm-hmm. And, and so Visser 3 is like, okay, ch- check this shit out. Yeah. I got this cool one. I've been saving it for a special day. Right. Bitch, check this shit out. Yeah, I will Alex Mack your ass. That's right. And he just like he just gooifies himself. He yeah. turns into to this, this slimy goo and just like goes over to Rachel and just like envelops Rachel. Right. Yeah, and Super Rachel like slices at this jello. Can't really do Can't shit. do it. Can't fight it's the goo. Suffocating her. Yeah, Super Rachel Nothing still has can to stop suffocate. The schmooze. 
Right. And Rachel's so pissed off, too, because she's like, I'm going to die in the most embarrassing way. Yes. If only I had a super drinky plant. <laughs> if, if, I could, if I just if I just had a drinky plant, I'd be safe. Yes. If I could morph a plant that drank goo, I would own Visser 3. If only. If only. Too bad that doesn't happen. Rachel dies. End of book. No. Um. <laughs> so she does morph the drink goo plant because right. Super Rachel can morph anything she wants, whenever she wants, whenever she needs it, because she is all powerful. Right. So like now we we've gotten to the cool phase of the fight, which is a morph battle. Yes. Right. Yeah. Where they're just kind of like morphing different animals. Like yep. Rachel drinks up Visser three. Right. It's like that scene in Sandman. I know you nerds love Sandman, where it's just like an imagination battle. And they're right? like, I am an ox. <laughs> I stomp your spider body. Okay, I'm a plague, and I kill your stupid ox until I get to, I am annihilation. I am light. I am hope. I'm, st- I'm still just picturing Thomas Hayden Church as Neil Gaiman's Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> he should be. That would be such good casting. <laughs> he is uh, fused molecularly with sand by virtue of a radiation accident i'm dream i'm the dream <laughs> i'm dream bitch uh, I'm yeah the prince so like, of dreams I'm, bitch i've chemically molded with dreams <laughs> look at how what look at how pale i am god damn i thomas hayden church they wasted thomas hayden church in no way home it could yeah. have been so Ooh. funny he like th- Honestly, the idea of like a dull villain is really cool. Which he <laughs> was like, I'm just here to save my kids. Yeah, I just want my kids back. <laughs> I just Spider Man. Listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You know where I can get another green striped shirt? <laughs> I am so I've I've worn through this one. It's made, it's, it's getting scratchy. I know I made a sand, but yes, it is scratchy. <laughs> but it like the morph battle is fun it's cool because rachel's like discovering her new powers and the drone and crack are like kill him kill him kill him kill and him I, 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 I really am picturing like some satan powers like he's filled a stadium full uh-huh. of ghouls right. just like chanting like, it's kill, like kill. the spawn movie it's like malboja <laughs> give me your power <laughs> Yeah, like the drone is John Leguizamo in that. Like, oh movie. my god, he is the. <laughs> I don't mind being short, fat, and ugly, but the pay sucks. <laughs> he is. Be careful. He def- oh if my he- god. Now you're going to make. Now I'm picturing him as the voice of, as John Leguizamo, but doing the voice of the sloth from Ice Age. <laughs> it's all the same. It's all related. No, the drone is the pest. Let's be clear. <laughs> he's seen- in the mood to drone simply because he's a chode. <laughs> that oh, I, right. I fucking hear it. And she wins. She wins. Like she, she wins. She beats Visser three. Visser three is just like you know. In, in, he realizes he's beaten. He's like, okay, I will nobly accept death. And he doesn't even no, not even nobly accept death. He says, "Spare me. I will carry out your orders. Give me the powers. <laughs> Give me the powers you have given this creature, and I will do your bidding, whatever it is." Like yeah. he's trying to like rules lawyer this situation. Yes, like, this isn't fair, Cryoc. Like she she has like superpowers. Right, this is not, and that's not like, how this works. Rachel has that same thought. Said Visser one would obey, just like David, just like David's punks. The red eyes shone angrily. Finish it, Cryoc thundered. What are you waiting for? Finish it, or I will change you to a rat again, and you will lose everything. Do you hear me? Everything. I tightened my grip around Visser one's neck. Krayak could use you, Rachel. And I was prepared to do what Krayak asked. Krayak says, yes, execute him. Free Earth from tyranny. And then, and then, and then what? Sit around and watch TV? An epiphany, a revelation, the light bulb switching on in my head. 
Face it, Rachel, the power is like a drug, and you are like an addict. Would I ever get enough? How long before I turned into a morally decrepit monster like Visser One, and making a deal with Krayak would only accelerate the journey to that inevitable end? Suddenly I had a vision of myself, as I would really appear to the world, to my family, friends, to the other Animorphs, to the Chi, the free Hork Bajur, to every decent person on this planet. Super Rachel was not beautiful and kind and benevolent. She would not be honored and respected. She was hideous and violent and brutal. She would be feared by everyone, despised and hated, a tyrant to be plotted against just like Visser One, Rachel of the darkness down deep inside. No. I released my grasp on Visser One's neck, fell back horrified at what I was about to do. I so was... no, she she's, she gives, she does not want ultimate power because she's too happy being pretty. You know what I was going to say is it's the same thing. It's the same reason she didn't want to be a rat. She was like, everyone's going to hate and despise me for the rest of my life. Look what that fucking did to David. <laughs> well, that, I just that's realized how she gets, that's a parallel there. That, that's how she gets her morals is not by herself, but like other people, people right. she trusts. Right. right. And so if they look at her and are disgusted and see her as vile and violent and despised and hated, she sees that as I've become something that my friends don't respect right. therefore that's the wrong thing yes because she defines herself as one of the good guys yes right it is not that like i'm a good person it is that i am part of the good group yes and that's rachel and i'm not making a judgment on that no i think that's fine right? right that's how she she comes back to that over and over again it's really important to her if you don't have a strong internal moral compass if people look at you like a monster you're probably a fucking monster right and like that's fine like yeah. if i'm doing something that everyone hates you should re- like. I would really question. Wait, am I doing the right thing here? Right. The answer is sometimes um, yes, right. yeah. but but like you know, like, like I, w- it, I would ask that question, right? Yeah. If I had an opinion that suddenly Ben Shapiro agreed with, I would really think about the opinion I was having. Right. So the, the opinions and perception of others matter. Yeah. Right. They shouldn't be the ultimate. Like I think Rachel goes a bit too far in that direction, mm-hmm. but she knows that she's weak in that area. Yes. But she knows it. She knows that she's violent. And yeah. She knows that she goes off on rages. Mm-hmm. And so her her mechanism for dealing with that is what would Cassie think? Right. Like she I have sources her morals. What does my support system think of what I'm doing? Let me run this by committee first. Which yeah, if you can't if you can't regulate yourself, like you have to have some kind of regulating body. Right. And she's known some people Cassie can't take that one drink. Else. Right. Some people can't have that drink of alcohol, otherwise they go. Yes. Right? Like mm-hmm. addiction's actually a really good way to like look at this. She's mm-hmm. addicted to violence. She's yes. addicted to power. Yes. And so what do you do as an addict in order to control that? You lean on friends and family. Yes. You you acknowledge that you are an addict. Mm-hmm. You go through a 10-step program. Occasionally a crack will say, come on. <laughs> you cut off those first two steps. <laughs> You're like, I don't need those. <laughs> I'm not giving anyone a fearless moral inventory. Suck my dick. I loved what I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep, um, sorry. I keep stuck on your toes. Uh, I, I liked the part where like even Kryak is admit the way Kryak says this. You are a fool. You are a coward. You are weak, sentimental, childish. Most of all, you have wasted my time. I've tried to help you free yourself from useless human emotions, but you choose captivity instead. And I'm like, no, she, that's not captivity. That's her structure. That's her skeleton. That's her support structure is the useless human emotions, but they are her friend's human emotions as much as hers. That's kind of vital to her. The counterpoint here is, is to, to Rachel is David, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And David, David loves it because he's yeah. one now. 
Yeah. Right. And not only he won, he won against the person that did this to him. Yep. And he loves seeing misery. He loves yes. seeing like his justice played out. Because mm-hmm. Cryok fucks off. He's like, fine, stay a rat, bitch. I don't care. Right. If Cryok had and, won, David would have lost. David yeah, wouldn't have and, gotten his companion, his miserable companion. Solomon misery, habuise Dolores. David loves it, and he is legitimately happy. Yes. Like, this makes him happy as yes. a person. Well, as a rat. Yeah, and that makes him bad. It does. <laughs> like, like, if you look at the parallel of David and Rachel, they have, share a lot of the similar, similar qualities. Sure. But Rachel is inherently a better person than David, who is an inherently badder person. Right, but they both believe in justice. Right. And they do. Both, both David and Cryak believe in kind of eye for an eye justice. David kills my how Jake kills my howlers. You kill Jake. You took my body. I'm taking yours. They call it Rachel, justice explicitly. Rachel has that urge. She has that justice urge. Mm-hmm. Right. But like th- th- this is kind of how do you deal with that urge? How do you deal with, you know, just like revenge? Right. <laughs> and so in either either way, like Rachel's in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. Um, she's now officially a rat. Uh, the time is ticking down. It's got a few minutes. That big clock. It turns out it was still ticking. Yep. And uh, like you know, she'll she'll be a rat forever. Mm-hmm. And she it starts kind of going into a despair hole for. A and they bit. do she have has- to. And I love how Krayak has to tell her time is real and Cassie is real and David's punks are <laughs> real. Just because we wouldn't have believed that otherwise. Like was Cassie there? there? Yeah, yeah, I needed to know Cassie was fucking there because you never really established Cassie. She turns into the drone and then we don't see her. But nope, she was there the whole time illusions yeah it's it's important for crack to say like uh no this is real now you're gonna become a rat goodbye yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> you got you got seven it. minutes lady see ya right and, and so like this is uh another kind of thing where rachel finds herself again mm-hmm. where she she says this if anybody was gonna save me and cassie it was gonna have to be me not super rachel not enhanced rachel not even human rachel the only Rachel around was Rat Rachel. I had no power, no weapons, no room to morph or anything of significance. Nothing. Right? Like, but, it's but, that parallel of her and David. Right. Like, well, she, you know, like, she has no power, but she she's kind of learning, like, wait, okay, like, I can't... Nobody will save you but you. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and she's getting back to that emotion where... Because she loves the bear because the bear gives her the, the strength that she needs to, to save yes. her friends. Mm-hmm. But it is not her. Yes. Right, it, it is the bear. Mm-hmm. Same, same with the polar. Well, not polar bear. Same with the elephant. Mm-hmm. Same with all of the morphs in general. Same yep. with the super Rachel adventure. None of that was actual Rachel, mm-hmm. which is just her brain, her her, right. so, her soul, and her cleverness. Yeah, and she and cares she, a lot, but she is clever. She doesn't give herself credit for that. No, she but lets the cleverness go, which in, is ironic because in, in the service early, of using strength, that right. used to be her thing is that she couldn't think of crap on the fly. Like book 17, she's like, okay, I have a gun now. Okay, maybe I can mm. aim this at someone. She, do, she doesn't think these things through. She wants to solve it with violence. So this is, well, this is growth for her. And it, like, you know, this really narrows down on what is Rachel's real strength. It is instinct. Yes. She solves, instinct, like, yeah. she she doesn't make plans, mm-hmm. right? She didn't make this plan. No. She's just like, I need to solve this. What do I got? Right. Okay, let's go. Yeah, she, earlier in the story, she recognized that Grease and Tattoo really liked that money. She realized that they, she... They were literally salivating, which yes. I'm like, are they just use this money to buy, like, steaks? Right. So it's like, we're, we're so hungry. He keeps feeding us poison food. We can't have any of the cheese or bread. <laughs> They're just but, like, I love how they, I pictured them drooling like Homer Simpson or something. I mean, exactly. <laughs> and she's just like, hey, grease and tattoo. Uh, oh, not even that. David, here, 
before that, David literally points them out to her. It's like a few guys more, less wimpy than those pathetic losers in the corner. So David right. partly brings it on himself by being unable to stop gloating like the fucking supervillain in training. He is. Well, David loves the power. Yeah. He's nothing without that power. Mm-hmm. He's bravado. It's not just power. It's bravado. So Rachel's like, hey, if you let me out, I will turn into a mouse and I'll just give you the money because I don't care about this. Yeah, I can find you tons of money. You yeah. Money. Like, listen, David. It's like this guy doesn't care about you. He calls you stupid. How much is let, he paying you? <laughs> let me let me let me do this. And they're like, oh, oh, gee, do you think we should do it? Grease? <laughs> David's like, don't you listen? Uh, you shut up. He's right. We don't know. We, we don't know where the money is. We can't find it. But maybe you can help us find it. I love that. Like David's like, shut up. They're not very yeah. smart. You'll just confuse right. them. Even if you're a stupid goon called Tattoo, mm-hmm. you, you still don't like being treated like shit. No. Yeah. Right. David's not a people person. He doesn't understand that shit. Yeah. And in the end, Jesse was very nice to Badger and Skinny Pete. Right. Walt wasn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You gotta treat your badger and your skinny Pete well. That's right. It's Otherwise, they betray you. <laughs> give them the PlayStation. Give them the big speakers. Yeah, and like they'll love you. And yeah, you know, like don't call them stupid. Yeah, because they're not. I love that David thinks I just have to get someone stupid enough that they won't betray me. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's your prop. That turns out to yeah. be his problem. It's yeah, a trap, and- you idiots! Don't fall for it. <laughs> and so they're like, yeah, okay, let's let this broad out. And so <laughs> she is able to use her hate and determination to not be notlit. Turns human, goes bear mode. No, not scared. even. She, she she gets almost stuck and then has to pull herself out with nothing but that same anger and hate that she was like, I didn't want to be angry and hating. And now I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm Rachel. I'm going to be fucking angry. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, this is my strength using this in a good way. Right. The lesson that she learned was not to hate. Yeah. It was to um, use your hate in a good way. <laughs> well, yeah. Or like, you know, just accept yourself and who you are and like, don't, you know, it's not about strength. It's about anger. Right. We, already ha- we already have Cassie. Yeah. We don't need two. And so she morphs bear, scares them the fuck away. David scampers off. He runs away. She breaks Cassie out of the cage. So Cassie's like, David's gone. What are we going to do? And Rachel's like, I'm going to track him down. And she's like, right, right, right. We got to take him back to the island. Yeah, we got to put him back. And Rachel's like, no, he's not going back to the island. Cassie's like, well, he needs to go back to the island. You can't kill him. And Rachel says, Cassie, can you take him back to the island? And Cassie's like, no. It's like, okay, I'm going to go get him. Like, she, she's not going to be the moral launderer yeah, for no. the group anymore. Mm-hmm. The choices that she makes are going to be her choices. Yeah. And, and th- the- it's the group's choice as well. Right. She doesn't want to be their butcher anymore. If yeah. you, guys are me- yeah. you guys need me to be the butcher, so stop pretending it's just me being nuts. You guys right. need this. I am literally doing it for you, and you have to acknowledge. Well, no, it's, that, that's the thing, though. She's not, she's, like, she's not doing this for Cassie. No. no. She's she's doing this because it needs to be done, and she needs to be the one to do it, and she's mm-hmm. the one that has to make the decision. Yes, and Cassie even says, well, we could just let him go, and they're like, no, no. you can't. He will talk. Right. And, like, this conversation just isn't for Cassie. No. This is, I'm going to do this, and if you want to do something different, you have to do that, because I'm not going to dirty my hands for you anymore. Yes. Lesser books would have just had this happen, and, like, Rachel tracks David down, they have a rat fight, and Rachel wins valiantly. This is not a lesser book. This is a great book. Really good book. Because Rachel tracks David easily using scent, using a rat morph. And she's building strategies on how to take down David. Yeah, she's like, I know David's stronger, but I'm smarter. What if I morph a cat? And you're expecting, oh, there's David as a rat ready to fight. But that's not what you get. 
you get to see David sitting there staring up at the sky, shoulders hunched, looking defeated. It's it's like the look of somebody who knows that they're about to die, so they're enjoying the the sunset. Yeah, it's like I mean, this, it's a beautiful world. He says thickly. I love he says it thickly. I'll miss it. I I hate to keep bringing up Breaking Bad, but it's like the scene when Mike is dying by the pond after getting shot. Yeah, and Walt's like. I didn't mean to do that. And he goes, just let me die in peace. <laughs> like, like this is David. He's like, man, I'm going to miss this. I'm, I like the sun. I like food. There's no one here but us. The punks are gone. It's over. You won. Without Kryak, I can't beat you. I'm tired of trying, but I won't go back. I'd rather die than go back to that island. You'll have to kill me. And so like a certain kind of like respect happens between the two, right? Because Rachel says like, I, I won't, I won't bring you to Red Island. I know that that would be a worse death. That would be worse than death for you. And also, I wouldn't get the closure that I need because I kind of need you to die. Yeah, David says Crack was right. You're a fool. I can't go back to what I was. You know that. I lifted David and looked into his tiny dark eyes. Something wet fell on his head. My tears. I tried to brush them away, but they kept coming. I didn't want to kill him. I didn't want to take him back to the island. In spite of everything, I felt sorry for him. I felt sorry for David and sorry for me. Sorry for what the war had done to us both. It wasn't David's fault that he was a rat, that he was insane. He was what we made him. But that didn't make him any less dangerous. We couldn't control him. We couldn't trust him. And on the loose, he could destroy the entire planet, maybe. I don't know what to do, I whispered, my throat working. I can't help you, Rachel. I put him down on the dirty pavement gently. Then I put my head on my arms and I cried. Maybe he would run away. Maybe he would disappear into a baseboard somewhere where I could never find him. Maybe when I lifted my head, he, would be, he wouldn't be there. And he wouldn't be my problem anymore. Let Cassie find him and do something, or Jake, or Marco, or Axe, somebody, anybody but me. I cried like a baby. It wasn't the first time since the war started. So many losses, so much pain. I hoped to hear the sound of little rat feet scurrying away. Please go, I thought. Please run. Run away from me. But when I finally lifted my head, I saw David through the blur of my tears, sitting patiently waiting. He wasn't going to go away. He wasn't going to make it easy. Just kill me, he said softly. I wiped my sleeve across my face. I'm one of the good guys, I muttered. At that moment, I felt more exhausted than I ever had in my entire life. Then do the right thing. I looked around stupidly. There was no one to tell me what to do. No Krayak, no Elemis, no Cassie, no Jake. I was alone with David. My enemy was completely at my mercy. I caught a glimpse of myself in a broken shard of mirror. I saw what anyone looking down the alleyway from the sidewalk would have seen. A young girl sitting knees up in the sun, staring at a white rat. It would be hard to believe the entire fate of the planet depended on that girl, a girl who wanted to do the right thing, but who had no idea at all what that was. And end of book. Yeah, that's a really good ending. That's an incredible ending. It sticks with you. Like, everyone else is pissed that it doesn't answer. And I'm like, no, she's kind of the fact that she's there is already the part that we're grieving about. She's lost. There's a clear answer to the end of this book. Like she kills David. Yeah, you know because, he, you know she does because Scholastic wouldn't have shown it if she had, but it would have said if she spared him. Well, like even like reading outside of who the publisher is, like it is her bargaining. No, this is not what I'm going to do. This is not the right thing. I'm mm-hmm. a good person. I'm a good person. But like she, it, it, it's her denying it so hard because she knows that she's going to kill David. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's like so much it, subtext. She she's she's partic- she's persisting to say. No, please leave. Please go, because she knows at the end if it's just going to be, it's just going to happen. Right, right. And, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden, you kind of wish David was 
like he is he has finally realized what what kind of comes across to me is that all of the consequences of his life are his own decisions. This is kind of the point where he realizes he's the one who fucked everything up. Like he's had he he just had the chance. He can't live with the knowledge and I'm like Dude, you had delusions of grandeur. You were talking about rat empires not f- 30 minutes ago. And like this is it but turns guys, out that was the only thing that was keeping you going. Guys like David know what they say is all bullshit and if they have no power to back up their bullshit, they have no power. But this is Rachel. This is This book isn't about David though. Yeah, this it's book is Rachel. not about David exists to be killed by Rachel. Yeah. Because honestly, like David died about a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and like they they didn't kill him. Right. Right, they, they, he's a he's a ghost. Yeah, this is the last Rachel book we have in this series. Mm-hmm. Well, and this, she starts this, off. She starts off the last book, but yeah. No, this is her full story. Last full like, story. This this is the end of her arc, like her entire emotional arc here. Mm-hmm. And the end of her arc is that she's finally coming face to face with the horror that she has to do, even in the face of everything, in the face of her growth, in the face of. In the face of who she is as a person, she has to murder a helpless child. She yeah, has well, to be the one to kill him. It's not just that none of, like Cassie could not have done this. That's part of it. Nate, what did you think of this? Um, I mean, like it's Rachel learning the lesson of war. Mm-hmm. Go on. That's it. I mean, like she 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 is the person that's been the most gung ho about right. the war. She likes the war. Mm-hmm. She realizes that it's kind of part of her nature now, mm-hmm. or rather, even if she didn't want it to be part of her nature, it's there yeah. now. She's forever changed. Mm-hmm. And this is the last bit of her that she said that she didn't do. She didn't kill David, right? Right? Like you know, he put him. She put him in prison, um, in rat prison. But you know, like this last bit is, and that is didn't her work. Is her finally saying, of her finally realizing uh, the the deal that she made, the, yeah. the actual sacrifice that she made, because mm-hmm. she can die and she'd be totally cool with that. She can yep. be maimed and, and shot and stabbed. The hero's death, the Klingon hero's death, right? But like the <laughs> a, the actual sacrifice that she is making is one of her being a good guy. Yes, yeah, I think she, it's fascinating yeah. that she she's doesn't. Not, She's not a good guy. No, you she's not. Re- you know what I just realized is sh- this is the thing I've been pondering is she doesn't think Tobias thinks she's a good guy. And that's a big chunk of their relationship. But they I don't just have realized. A relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I just realized that part where he says, let Cassie find him or Jake or Marco or Axe. And it's like just the same as how she is the only person he didn't betray in book 33. That's their, That's That's her equivalent of it is she can't – she doesn't see them as – she sees the Animorphs, and then there's her and him. But according to her, oh, geez, what are my thoughts? She, when she thinks she's a warrior, she thinks she's like, she's not a good guy. She thinks he's the only one who doesn't care. He doesn't need her to be a good guy. That well, I think that's part I, of it. I, I would disagree. I think she thinks she has thought she's a good guy, but now faced with what being the warrior is, she realizes she's not a good guy. And like Tobias in this entire book has been eating rats. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, he like leaves the conversation midway to go off and eat a rat. Yeah. Rachel, like Rachel hides a rat from Tobias mm-hmm. because Tobias is has already crossed that. A long time ago. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also and the he, fact that he eats rats because it's his nature. He's a yeah. bird. He well, eats rats. Yeah. You and know what b- else? Birds, is, birds kill. Nature kills. Nature you know what, kills. You know what else is cruel? They trapped David as the one animal, as the animal that both of his own pets eat. <laughs> he can't. He, he literally can't go home again for that alone. <laughs> he has a cat and a cobra. He's. They both eat rats. 
<laughs> so I here's the real question though: Would Rachel throw one lonely janitor into a furnace? <laughs> I he wasn't lonely. <laughs> he molested and killed children. One sad lonely. Do janitor. not be a Freddy defender. Lilac, tell the people where they can find you online. Oh my god. Uh you can find me on Furfinity at L I I I M at L I I M L S A N on on Archive of Our Own at Lilac Nothlet. No, Lilac Ounce on Archive of Our Own, Anxious Ounce on Twitter. And lilac nothlet on Tumblr. That's kind of that's kind of the basics. I'm not very what? social. That's fine. Let's just get out of here. Let's go burn a janitor. Like, no, unless go. you want to save the the pedophile murderer janitor. <laughs> well, like it's ambiguous. They don't know if like. They, oh my god! Like, do they throw him in, or maybe like Freddy like gets away? Fre- Freddy, Cr- Freddy Krueger is a bad dude. <laughs> This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Welcome to prime time, bitch.